0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much he loves us starts right now.
1: One of the saddest and scariest stories I ever heard was about a young evangelist. He was about 21 years old and he was on fire for God. He was effective in his preaching and soul winning and he was in great demand from the local churches. He had preached several large crusades and was soon invited to an area-wide effort which which he would be the main speaker. 21 years old. And though yet he was not even out of college, he was a protege for of, a, of basically an international evangelist. Sammy Tippett and was admired and considered wise. Though he didn't have a steady girlfriend, he dated regularly through Bible college, but spiritually, he was alert and mature. However, he was naive. For the first night of the crusade, you guys can imagine, for the first night of the crusade, he headed up to the counseling ministry in a large room near a pastor's study a beautiful teenager asked if she could speak with him personally. He tried to assign her to someone else, but when she persisted, he agreed for her to wait until she was finished with the others. More than an hour after meeting, he was alone with the young girl. A few minutes later, she burst from the room screaming, he made a pass at me. He made a pass at me. He wants to make love to me. That very night, the pastor of the host church and a small group of the crusade planners confronted the young preacher and demanded an explanation. Well, of course, he denied the girl's charge and but had no witnesses. The girl had seen upstanding young girl in the church and there was no reason to disbelieve her story. What did happen in that room? The pastor demanded. To tell you that would would to be to, to make an accusation behind someone's back he said which is a, which is what happened to me i ask only that i be allowed to face my accuser and the pastor and the others canceled the rest of the crusade and agreed uh, that the young lady should be asked to face the preacher in their presence well two nights later she showed up with her parents at a private board meeting the pastor asked If she would care to speak about the charges against the preacher. She has already said all she has to say. Her father said sternly. Her mother nodding at the glaring and accused. Would you son care to share your version of what happened in that room the other night? No sir. The evangelist said. I see no future in that. Only she and I know the truth. And I cannot defend myself. I'd just like to say this to her. Cindy, you know what happened and what didn't happen in that room. And if you don't tell the truth, I will be branded and may never preach again. This will damage my reputation and that of this church and even that of God. If I did what you say I did, I deserve no better, he said. But we both know that's not the truth. I'm begging you, in the name of Christ, to set the record straight. The silence hung heavy as the board and her parents watched her face contort to a grimace before tears began to flow. I lied, I lied, she said quietly. I'm sorry, I lied. He didn't make a pass at me. I made a pass at him. And when he turned me down, I was so embarrassed and so ashamed and angry that I made up that story. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, this was not the same ending we saw last week. See, Joseph ended... Well, he basically endured the same false accusation only with a different outcome. If you recall the story, Potiphar's wife caught Joseph in the house alone and she made a sexual pass at him. Verse 11 says, but it happened about this time when Joseph went out to do his housework. None of the men were in the house and she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and he fled and he ran outside. You guys remember the story. It's just the most amazing thing. Because when I think of the story in contrast to his brother Judah, Joseph, being about 27 years old, says, no, 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 no. Well, what happens is that she begins to pull on his garment. He says, I'm out of here. This I cannot do. And she starts to yell rape. He's trying to rape me. He's trying to rape me to anyone who would listen. Listen. course, you guys know the story. When Potiphar came home, she recounts the story to him, and she says things like, "You know what? Here's his cloak. This Hebrew slave that you brought into our house. And when I screamed, he ran outside. And basically, what happened, guys, is he took Joseph, he threw threw him into prison, and where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. If you're taking note, Joseph's going to stay in prison for two years." Now, this is something that he did not do. Joseph was just being what Joseph wanted to be. Joseph was minding his own business. He was trying to be a good steward for Potiphar. He was trying to keep everything in order, and now he finds himself in prison. Well, we know that God was with Joseph because the Bible says that not long long after that, that Joseph was basically the favorite of the prison warden. All of a sudden, they start to see, and Joseph starts to get lifted up. And again, before long, Joseph was in charge of all the other prisoners. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? All of a sudden, you're in prison, and you're thinking, I didn't do this. I didn't do this, man. I was framed, you know, that old, I was framed. and, And all of a sudden, God in his hand in Joseph's life. The same God that is in Joseph's life is in your life. The same God that 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 walks... Now, Now listen, we've all walked a different path and we've all come to the same place, but our paths are so different. But we can honestly go back and say, man, I'm glad God was with me in that. He moved in my life, I remember. Well, Ben, I've made some wrong decisions. I think we've all made some wrong decisions. But God is with us. And, and, and again, you can see the hand of God in the life of Joseph. So much so that the warden didn't worry about all the other prisoners because he knew Joseph would take care of it. And the Lord was with Joseph, the Bible says, and caused everything he did to succeed. So what happens to old Joe? Old Joe went from the pit. Well, now he's in the prison. But take note, Christian, because here's what the word of God says. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison and... And soon he was in charge of all the other prisoners and everything that had happened, or basically everything that happened in the prison. So the Lord was with him, and everything he did succeeded. And you go, okay, okay. Well, I think this is a great statement in our day. And you go, how so, Pastor? Well, I know that we can all find ourselves in a pit. If I were going to liken it to the last six months, I think we started off pretty crazy. I think we thought this was going to be a year like everything else. 2020 was coming into focus, no pun intended. And all of a sudden, it seemed like the bottom dropped off, and I feel like a lot of people went straight into a pit. No pun intended. That was pretty good. Sometimes I amaze myself. Well, you go, well, well, I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Well, I think when March came around, a lot of people found themselves in darkness with no hope. And the pit can feel like a very mundane and down and even depressing. I actually talked to people that said, hey, you know, during the quarantine time, and, and even lately, man, I, I, I was getting depressed. I couldn't just stay home doing the same thing. I, I Here's why. Guys, listen, God created us in, in the need for people. Okay, that's how he did. And, and, and one of the things that, it, it, I don't, man, I pray you don't watch the news. Okay? All of the ones, I mean, I just pray you don't, because here's what they, every single news outlet, guys, has taken God out of the factor. They, they, he's not even in it okay so so you they, they gave us a list of rules and regulation, but they forget this is how God created us, okay, they created us to hug, and so pastors have to stand up and say, "Don't hug, well, wait a minute, God created us to hug god he really did H- Have you noticed that even under the such protocol, you find yourself doing the same things you used to do? Hey, are you oh sorry, oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot. And so people fall into the pit, and you go, well, okay, so, so, so like what, Pastor? Well, we talked about this several weeks ago, but like during Queen, people felt like they had the pit of despair. There was despair in their lives. Or maybe they fell in the pit of anxiety. There was a lot of people who, listen, who listen, who were worried and are worried even today. So, so they're still in that pit. Are you kidding me? Maybe it was the, guys, it was the, the pit of fear because of the unknown. Like, like, it's one thing that it was happening to us, like, but it was happening to the whole world, and we had nowhere to go. It's like, hey, when, when's, the next, when, when's the next shuttle to Mars? When's the next shuttle to the moon? I, I just got to get out of here because this world is... I mean, I can't, I can't go to Switzerland. I can't go to Brazil. I can't go to these places because it's happening all over the world. And that left people hopeless. And I felt like they, they've done this. Now, here's, you want some good news? I think we need some good news, right? The good news is that eventually we all get out of the pit. Right? Joseph did, and so do we. Now, let me just say this, okay? If you're taking note, jot this down. The pit is only temporary. The pit is only temporary. And I wonder if the pit, while Joseph was in the pit during that time, that if it brought clarity to the mission of Joseph. You see, sometimes it's in the pit that we see clearly. Oh, my mission? My, okay, okay. I wonder, guys, if this is where he began to speak or, or think more spiritually. I think of what Jesse asked me. Where, where do you want it? Where, where do you see the church? He's challenging us in the pit to think more spiritually. Our, our, our goal has always been to love God, love people, and live right radically what does that look like? What does it look like in everyday life? What does that look like? Is it, is it going to your neighbors? Is it, what, what does that look like? So Joseph, did it bring clarity? Am I thinking more spiritually? Listen, was the pit for Joseph a time of self-reflection? And I wonder if it's for a self-reflection that leads us back to the right path. Now, here's my hope. My hope is that the pit, guys, the pit for a lot of people would get people turning their eyes back to Jesus, not away from him, not thinking, it'll be all right, it's a brighter day, but saying, okay, I'm going to set my eyes, I'm going to set my pilgrimage to Jerusalem, I'll turn back to God. And do those things that we're called to do. Love our wives. Reach out to those. To make that determination. I got to thinking about the pit. And I got to thinking, guys, that my Jesus, my Jesus was in a pit. Do you guys remember that? My Jesus was put in a pit, guys, While he awaited trial, he was put in a pit. And the hole is no bigger than a man. I've been in that cistern. I've been in that pit. I've looked up to see the hole. And if you guys recall the story, my Jesus was put down, tied by a rope to just wait there in a pit. And we all come down the steps and we look up and you can just feel. Now... There's lights there now because they want you to see. But can you imagine? All it was was a rock, a cistern cut out with just a hole in it. That's where we put prisoners, right there. And you go, Ben, man, that's pretty. But, but, But listen to this. Listen to this, okay? It's no fun being in the pit, right? But the blessing that came out of the pit was amazing. What, Pastor? What? Here's why. Listen, Jesus, guys, our Jesus came out of the pit only to be crucified and to die. But the blessing wasn't for him, but for me. You understand that? For you see, he had to become out of that pit. He had to go to the cross. He had to die so that I could be blessed. Salvation blessed me. There's no other way. My God said, listen, Jesus said, there's no way to get to heaven except through me. There's no way. I wonder how many people sitting around Jerusalem and and knew that Jesus was in the pit realized, man, listen, there's going to be a blessing coming. There's not going to be a blessing. There's not going to be a blessing. It's a pit. Well, you know what happens next, right, Rosa? Because they come out of the pit, and Rosa, what happens next? They go to the cross. So Romans don't fool, man. They go to the cross, but see, they didn't realize And sometimes, guys, we get our eyes so surrounded by circumstances, we don't see the blessing. There are circumstances, and this, and this, and oh my gosh, but the blessing that comes... And I'm just going, man, now I'm blessed. You're blessed because of the pit. But with Joseph, others were blessed because he was in the pit. See... The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph, so everything Joseph touched was a success, but much more for others. Guys, listen. As we come to our study tonight, Joseph left the pit, but he's going to be thrown into prison. This is falsely accused and punished, yet Joseph keeps his eyes on God. Can I get an amen? And here's why. Here's why. Listen. If I was writing this account, and I'm trying to win converts. I wouldn't put that Joseph was in a pit or in a prison. Right? I, I wouldn't. I'd be like, hey, let's just scratch that part out. Let's say, hey, he went, he went to Egypt and, the, and, 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 the king, and Pharaoh said, hey, that's a good-looking dude. Let's make him second in command. That's a better story. That's a better sell. But the Bible's real. And I'm going to show you some things in here, some great stuff. Now, before we do that, okay, before we do that, let's remember what we learned, okay? I want to quickly go back. What did we learn last week? Let me remind you. First and foremost, if you're taking note, remember that the Lord was with Joseph, and then he was a success. That is so key. That is so key. Because really, guys, that's what we should focus on in our lives, that we're walking with Jesus, so many people focus on the success that they forget that, that it's the Lord who brings success. I will tell people all the time, you know, you think your job is just a job, but do you realize that it's a mission field? That you're in your jobs or jobs because God has put you there so that you can tell others about him. I don't like that job. Well, maybe there's somebody you need to tell. And then he'll take you out of that job into another. But it's a mission field. But the Bible also says that he gives us the ability to make wealth. It's him. It's all God. Well, you're supposed to say that, Ben. You're a pastor. No, no, guys, listen. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a, success, a successful man. And here's what I love. And nowhere in chapter 39 does it indicate that Joseph was thinking about the past. Nowhere does it indicate that he was thinking about the past and how his life had changed but it seems to indicate that all he could think about is how do I serve God and I serve my master in this current situation. So what did we learn? You ready? In a stressful time like our world, let us be thinking how we can serve God and others better. Let us be thinking that. Let us not focus on the past, but what we can do today. We're very good at that, aren't we? The good old days. Do you remember when? Well, I remember back in the good old days. Well, to me, 2019 was the good old days. When we could go to a ball game and we could sit with people and we could have family over and we could do all kinds of stuff. Those are the good old days. That was, that was like six months ago. I know, but I don't want to stay there. I, I, I want to learn what... Listen, how can we minister to those that are hurting and worried and fearful. Fearful. Everybody say fearful. Fearful. Here's why. I found this quote, and I think it's a good quote. Fear doesn't stop death. It stops life. You know what fear does? It stops life. How do we get there? How do we get there? Well, we need to minister, guys. Listen to me. You ready? Guys, we need to minister in spiritual ways. That was cool. You said a, and she said men. That was awesome. It was like, it's like stereo sound. But here's my point, guys. We also need to we need to serve and we, we need we need to minister in practical ways. Practical ways. Right. Joseph simply served people. You know what he said. Joseph had the heart that said, "What can I do to help?" Joseph had the heart that said, yes, I'll do that. I'll do that. Joseph had the heart, guys, that says, what do you need? Joseph had the heart of one of my favorite sayings. He said, yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. Can you do it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but you didn't, you know, could, could could you? Yes, I'll do that. When do you need that? Why? Because he, he wants to serve in practical ways, guys. Oh, it's one thing to go, hey, man, let me pray for you. You know, we're, we're really good at that, right? We're real good at, like, like we'll say, hey, I'm praying for you, and, and we're praying for Haas, and we're praying for all those that are sick, and, and, and we're praying. That's awesome. That's spiritual. It's good to get an encouraging text or a phone call. you doing okay. But, but, but there are times we've got to reach out very practically as well. What do we need to get done? We also learned this important lesson, guys. In verse 9, it says, There was no one greater in the house than I, Joseph is speaking, nor I kept anything back from me but you, he tells Mrs. Potiphar, because you are his wife. He says, How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know what we learned? All sin is against God. All sin is against God. How can I do this thing? Listen, Mrs. Potiphar, you are amazing. You're very, You're very good looking, whatever it might be, but it's wrong. And how can I, if it's wrong, God sees. God sees. We need to go, we need to come back to that. We need to come back to realize that all sin is a sin against God. Even a little white lie, even a little white lie, because lying is a sin, is it? And it's against God. What's our aim? Our aim is to be better people and to tell people the truth as best we can. As best we can. So now, Joseph goes from the pit. Where does he go to, guys? The prison. He's in prison. Why? Because verse 20 says, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison in the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. See, many people, guys, leave the pit only to find themselves in prison, right? They get out of the pit and and they they sort of, I don't know, they, they find themselves. Yet here's what we can learn, right? We can learn that God can and will use us even if you're stuck in the prison of your own doing. God can use you. How so? As long as you keep your eyes on the Lord, on the Lord. And I wrote in my notes here. Maybe today, those of you that are watching, those listening by podcast, you guys here tonight, maybe you feel like you're in a prison. You go like, "What?" Well, we know that he's going to be for there for two years, and the prison was no joke. I don't know how many times I would have stood up and demanded my rights. Are you? I didn't do anything. I am a. I am. I am innocent. Don't you understand? Who do I got to appeal to? I just need to tell everybody, listen, I didn't do anything. Mr. Potiphar, sir, Mister, do, don't you trust me. I would never do... Sir, listen. Sir. Who? who? I wonder, guys, if, if the COVID-19, the coronavirus, the quarantine, the job loss, the loneliness, the fear... I wonder if many feel like they went from the pit to the prison cell. You go, what do you mean? Guys, in the last 6 months we saw we've seen such a rise in suicides that the suicide hotline was up 800%. 800%. P- people are having a hard time dealing with all of this. And, and you've got a group of people that are so scared to get to get the virus, to get any type of sickness. They're so scared. And so they're living in fear and panic. And then you've got another group over here going, oh, come on. And, and, and we're, instead of uniting and being stronger together, we're, we're, we're being divided. And, 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 and here's what we need to do. Listen, Jesus' arms are big enough to just bring us all together and say, it's okay, I got you. Many, listen to me guys, many in our world feel like this right now. You understand that? You guys know many of those. I've called people, I've texted people in our church that still are fearful. I respect that. I honor that. Okay. But tell them the church is clean. The church is clean. The church is sanitized, but that's still not going to, you understand, right? And so, and and, and many are watching, guys, and, and here's the thing, guys, listen, listen, I feel like we need to offer some sort of hope. Let me say this to you, Christian. Listen to me. Listen to me, Christian. We're all, we're in the same world dealing with the same thing as they are. but we have a different view, don't we? We have a different view. I saw this on Facebook, guys, and I think it's appropriate illustration to what I'm trying to say. You go, what's that? The quote goes like this. Two brothers were raised by an alcoholic father. One grew up to be an alcoholic, and when asked what happened, he said, quote, I watched my father. The other grew up and never drank once. And when they asked why, he said, I watched my father. Here's the quote. You ready? Your perspective will determine your experience. End quote. I thought, wow, we're all in this together. We're all going through the same thing. We all get the same news. My friends in New Mexico, my friends all over the world, guys, that are watching this, we're all in the the same thing. Georgia. Marie watches from Georgia, and we're all in this. But what's our perspective? Because our what? What did it say? Your perspective will determine your experience. What does that mean? I don't want to go through covid like Eeyore, super bummed about everything and complaining about everything. I really don't want to. Because I know the truth. So people are hurting. We're going to minister to them. So let's jump into our text, okay? This is where we're we're, we're going to move pretty quick through here now as we navigate this. Verse 1. You guys ready? And it came to pass after these things, we know what things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord and the king of Egypt. Now, again, remember the pit, and now 11 to 13 years later, Joseph is in prison. He meets a couple of fellas. Who are they? The butler. The butler is better known as the cupbearer. He's the official drink server to the king. And then you also got the baker. He is uh, also a trusted official. So you got two fellows. Now they did something. I could not find out what they did, but it must have been something pretty crazy that the king said, Mm-mm, "Get out of my sight and into prison." What did he did he offer a bad glass of wine? You know, did 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 the baker make a bad batch of cookies? I mean, I don't know what he did, but nonetheless, oh my goodness. They both worked for the king, and now somehow they offended him that they were thrown into prison. Happenstance, guys? Or is God working? Look what it says in verse 2. It says, Now, And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put him in custody at the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. Now, do you guys see that? The captain of the guard. You should underline that. Why? Because you learned last week that the captain of the guard was actually Potiphar. So Potiphar's in charge of all of this stuff, okay? He's the chief of police, He's in charge of the of, of the prison warden. And so Joseph was in prison in charge of everyone there. In charge of everyone there. Now, here's the thing. If the captain of the guard was Potiphar and he was in charge of the prison, and now all of a sudden, he... he Lord is with it. It sort of indicates, okay, it sort of indicates that maybe Mrs. Potiphar was not telling the truth, but he had an obligation to his wife, and he's like, listen, dude, I got to throw you in prison, bro, because this is the accusation, and she's my wife, but I know, and I trust you, and so I know you're going to do, I, 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 that, this is what it, it, it indicates, because Potiphar was actually in charge. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. Joseph, you're in charge of them. And he served them, and so they were in custody for a while. Now, here's a great verse for us to have. You go, why? Because Joseph is in prison. Amen? There he is, and God is with him. Very, very, very important lesson. Sometimes we feel like if God is with us, that everything should be smooth sailing. That it should be a four-lane highway with no bumps. And that's not the case. It's not the case with Joseph. God is with him. God is in him. God is moving in his life. And where do we find him? In prison. Hey, how many of you want to sign up for that job? John the Baptist. John the Baptizer. Man, he's preaching repentance. Come on, Israel, you need to repent, right? What do they do? He was he was the greatest prophet. Jesus said, "Man, this is this is John. He's the he's the forerunner." And what do they do? John. Killed him. How many of you want to sign up for that? See, that's what we're called to do, though, Rosa. We're called, we're called to that. Because it doesn't matter the circumstances in life as long as God is with us. That's what he's saying. He's saying, okay, okay. We're going to be here a while. We're going to be a while. So what verse do you have for me, Ben? Well, jot this down, guys. Psalm 37, verse 5 says this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your way to the Lord. Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours. Now, listen, it's hard to do. It's hard to do if you're about to get your head cut off. It's hard to do if you're in prison. It's hard to do if you're in a pit. It's hard to do if you're in COVID-19. It's just hard to do. But nowhere, nobody promised you that Christianity was going to be easy. Nobody said, hey, if you give your life to Jesus, man, you're, listen, it's going to be so amazing. You're going to have all of this stuff, and he's going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. You know what he said? Listen, if you give your life to Jesus, it's going to be the most amazing thing you've ever done. But you might go through some hard times. You might even suffer. If it was easy... Everybody be doing it. Everybody be doing it. Well, it goes on, guys. Verse 5. Then the butler and the baker, the king of Egypt, were confined in the prison. They had a dream. Both of them, each man dreamed one night, each man's dream with its own interpretation. And Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were, what's that word, guys? Sad. They were sad. And so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in the Lord's house saying, why do you guys look so sad today? Don't you just love Joseph's heart? Don't you just love Joseph's heart? Why? Because right here, he shows concern for the butler and the baker. And he literally asked them, are you guys okay? Why, why are you so sad? Yo, Joe, don't you realize we're in prison? Hello? No, no, no. There's more going on. The, the continence of your face has changed. What, what, what's What's happening? What's happening? Guys, let me give you a key point. You ready? As believers, guys, you cannot see others and their hurts and their fears and their sadness when your eyes are on yourself. Even if you're in a prison cell, the Word of God reminds us that we are to be others-oriented. As a matter of fact, Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in the lowliness of mind, let us esteem others better than himself. Guys, that's really what we should be doing. We should be looking. Others. Others. Listen, sometimes sometimes I get so focused on the task that I forget to see people. What do you mean? Hey, you send me into the grocery store for an item. I'm going to get that grocery store. I'm going to get that stuff. I'm going to walk out and I'm going to. Well, did you see that person? What person? Well, that, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh, I have to consciously go, okay, there's people around you and, and, and you can't be so focused. Is it just me? Just me? Or you know what? I mean, there's us that we, we just go in. Now, I'll be going, I'll go in the store with Talia. And tell you go, did you see that? You? I mean, she's observant to everything. I'm like, what are you talking about? That girl with the red hair. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, whoa. I see a little bit more focused. Sometimes I'm just get the bananas and get out. But I miss that. I miss seeing the people. And Joseph, Joseph is, is like that. W- what do you mean? Look closely. Guys, look closely at this we discover something remarkable. And you go, what's that? This is genuine concern for the butler and the baker. Now, listen to me, and not an opportunity for Joseph to complain. It's genuine concern. He said, why are you looking so sad? Right? Let me tell you my scenario. Let's say that, let's say that but Joe Mabry is the butler and Jesse is the baker. And I say, hey, guys, why are you looking so sad? Joe, why are you looking? Let me tell you, you want to see what's really sad? Let me tell you what happened to me. And this happened to me and this happened to me and I can't believe this. And and my brothers, I mean, do you have brothers like that, Joe? I don't know, Jesse, I don't know. And And I could, it, it's not genuine concern for you because what I'm doing is I'm complaining. But this was not Joseph. And I love that he didn't say, oh, you have it bad? Well, let me tell you a few things. There was no angle, no path to complain, just a hey. You look sad today. You okay? We Listen, we're guilty of this. I'll tell you what. We're guilty of this, right? Because what do we say? Rosa, yeah, I'm going to use you. How are you doing today, Rosa? What do you say? Good? Okay? That's how we do, Right? Right? Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? That's about the extent of it. We don't mean it one bit. Come on now. Come on, someone. We don't mean it one bit. We don't, know Until we sit there and go, don't really tell me. How's it going? Are you really okay? Because once we get past the I'm okay, everything's good, right on, thumbs up, now move along. Then, Oh, wait a minute. You're really, you're really, you're really concerned. You really want to know. I really want to know. Now, let me just say this, okay? Let's, lesson number one with me first. Don't ask unless you're willing to stay and listen. How are you doing, Rosa? I'm doing good. Really? Are you doing good? Yeah, but I got to tell you something. Oh, Rosa, I don't have time. Sorry, but hey, maybe we'll get to... That's, what did I say? I didn't show any concern for her. See, that's not Joseph. That's not Joe. Joe's like, listen, <laughs> he's in prison. I got all the time in the world. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. Here's what I noticed, guys. Did you notice that Joseph, despite everything that has happened to him, he's not an angry man? And you go, why? Here's why. Because Joseph had a heart for people. Men who are consumed with anger do not take a concern for others. There's a quote. Well, what's the story? Verse 8, and they said to him, we've had a dream, and there's no interpreter of it. And so Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. I just love this. It's not that Joseph is saying, hey, listen, listen, hey, I'm God's gift. Hello. I've had dreams myself. I know what they are. No, he's just saying, listen, he's saying, tell me the story, and we'll see if God'll if God will, will be was in this. Tell me your dream. Well, let me tell you my dream. One day I was I was dreaming that I was being eaten by a hamburger, and I wasn't eating No, 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 he's not talking about that, okay? He's not saying this is a crazy... He's saying, listen, tell me what they are, and let's just, let's just see. Let's just see. So let's hear their dream. You guys ready? Verse 9. So the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and he said, Behold, my dream. in my dream, a vine was before me, and in the vine there were three branches... It was as though it budded, it blossomed forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and he placed the cup into Pharaoh's hand. That's the dream. And Joe's like, okay, Lord. Oh, here's the meaning, verse 12. And Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now, within three days, Pharaoh will lift, you, lift up your head and restore you to your place. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention to me of Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that should put me into this dungeon. Okay? So here's point number one. Joseph, through God, can I get an amen? Because I want you to see it was God who gave him the dream, okay? He says, here's the dream, and he simply asks for a favor, okay? All he says is, listen, remember me when things go well with you. Remember me. Number two, in verse 15, he says, for I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews... I also have done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. Now, here's what I want you to jot down, okay? I want you to jot down the point number two. This is an explanation compared to complaining. There's a difference. There's one thing where all he simply is explaining how he got there versus complaining. This is what Joe... I think we can learn from that, Christian. I think we, there are times when we can just explain versus complain. Now, listen... I don't know if you know this, but I'm like an excellent complainer. <laughs> I, I think I got the gift of complaining. You know what I'm saying? Boy, I can't believe. It. <laughs> and and come on, just me. We complain about everything, don't we? If it's too hot, we complain that it's too hot. If it's cold outside, we complain it's too cold. If, I mean, we just—that's just us. That's just us. I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want that gift. I. I don't mind saying, this is, where, this, is, this is what's going on. Hey, listen. And I love the fact that he didn't go into detail. Well, let me tell my, my brothers. My older brother, Reuben, oh, man, he's just a, you know, you know what he did with my, my husband, my, my, my father's wife. I mean, he didn't, he didn't just list all of the dirty laundry of his brothers, and then they threw me in a pit, and then some Ishmaelites. You don't tell me. Well, you tell me what the Ishmaelites did to me. You should have seen. They made me walk behind them. And I, He didn't do that. All he said is, listen, I'm not supposed to be here. Can I have a favor? Can I have a favor? Listen, listen, Christian. Airing out somebody else's dirty laundry so that you can look better is wrong. Saying this about people so that, just just tell the truth. Just This is what Joseph's doing. This is a great application for all of us. Joseph's not whining, guys. He's not whining to the guys, but simply explaining what happened. That's all he was. And I want to learn the lesson. Explanation versus whining. Sharing our thoughts versus complaining. Well, guess what? The the chief baker's like, "Woo! what did he... Okay, so look at verse sixteen. And so the chief baker saw the interpretation was good. He said to Joseph, I also in a dream, I also had a dream, in three days there were three white white baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, and and the birds ate them out of the basket in my head. What do you think he's thinking? Celebrate. He's ready to go back. He's ready to go back. But Joseph says, this is the interpretation. In three days, three baskets are three days. And within three days, Pharaoh's going to lift your head off from you and hang you on a tree. And the birds will eat your flesh from you. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Joe, Joseph, Joe, Joe, Joe. Did you not hear what I said? I mean, I mean seriously. Now, now here's, here's the thing, guys. Listen, that phrase, birds will eat your flesh, man, just really tripped him out. Why? Because remember, it was especially horrible to the Egyptians because the Egyptians at this point in history linked persever- uh, preservation of the body to their well-being in the afterlife. That's why they wrapped them as a mummy. So for him to be eaten by birds, that's even worse. You go, Ben. What's what, what's the point? Now, here's another great lesson. You guys ready? Here's another great lesson. I want you to note not only the heart of Joseph but the character of Joseph. You go. I'm not sure. What do you mean? Joseph faith was 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 faithful. We would call it faithfulness. You go. Why? Because he delivered a message even though it was heavy, and it was a. he he told the truth. Here's what the Bible says, guys. The Bible says that we are to speak the truth in love and love. And even though it was a heavy message, could you imagine? Could you imagine? So what do you think of my dream, Joe? You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Just, Just keep doing what you're doing. God bless you, man. Be warmed and be filled. No. He's like, dude, seriously? In our day and age, guys, a lot of people are 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 they need to hear the truth of the gospel. And sometimes that truth is listen, I've got to tell you the truth about all that's going on in the world, and you need to hear about Jesus. And it's a heavy message. Because maybe the person is living in sin, maybe they're far from God, and and, and God placed you in that time, so you you have to tell the truth. Listen, you might lose them as a friend, but I'd rather tell the truth with a loving heart because I don't want my friend to say, you never told me. How many times did we hang out in your car and you never told me about Jesus? I knew you were some sort of Christian, but I didn't understand any. The least you could have done is invited me to church. You went every Wednesday. You went every Sunday. Now I'm in this place. Now, I'd rather tell you the truth. This is is what Joseph's doing, right? Listen, he's faithful. The character of Joseph says, I've got to tell you. Listen, guys, you and I know that if there was a burning house, we would be faithful to say, hey, there is a house on fire. Get everyone out. But when it comes to the gospel, we go, oh, be warmed and be filled. Hope you make it. That's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to herald the gospel and say, listen. And then another thing here, guys, is is, as I love the fact, get ready? This is the great mark of a godly preacher. You go, what's that? Because he gives the whole counsel of God. He tells the good news, and he says, this is the bad news. This is a great mark of Calvary Chapel. Why? Because we teach verse by verse, and there's a lot of stuff in here that go, I don't want to teach that, God. It's not that inspirational message where people walk out of here and go, amen, I'm going to invite my friends next week. They walk out going, oh, that was heavy. That was deep. Are you kidding me? <sighs> but the word of God says in Acts 20, 27, for I have not shunned to declare the whole counsel of God. So here's some application for us. You ready? God is still using Joseph in prison. Okay? He used him in the pit. He's using him in the prison. But wait, there's more, right? There's more, because God's going to use them in the palace. God's going to use them in the palace. Now, here's my point. You ready? Jot this down. Be faithful in the little things. When you're in the pit, be faithful in the pit. When you're in the prison, be faithful in the prison. Be faithful in the little things, and God will give you greater things in higher places. For example, you can't manage little things... If you can't manage the little things, you can't be trusted when big things are handed over to you. Don't underrate the power of little things. Why? Big oceans are made up of tiny droplets of water. The more faithful you are with the little things, the greater you will show your faithfulness when you're in charge of big things. Just be faithful. Be faithful to water the plants. Be faithful to blow the dirt. Be faithful to clean. Be faithful to whatever it is. And God will see. Okay, we're finishing up. We're getting close. Verse 20. Now it came to pass on the third day that Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast for all his servants, and he lifted up his head, and the chief butler and the chief baker were among the servants. Then he restored the chief butler to his butlership again, And he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief butler, guys, listen, did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Joseph says, listen, just remember me. Just remember me. Just remember me. But I think God's doing more than what we think. Because simply if he had said, "Hey, listen, there's a dude in prison. He doesn't really belong there," and Pharaoh said, "Yeah, let him go," where would a Joseph go? So God's still working. Let that sink in, guys. God's still working, and even though He doesn't answer your prayer yet, God's still working because He sees a bigger picture. God, we thought we had this building. We thought we had this other... God, what's going... No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. He sees something I can't see, and I can rest in that, and I can rest in that. Well, that's where we leave Joseph, guys, but I want to parallel this real quick, and I'm just going to read it and then pray, okay? So so basically, here's what we're going to quote. We're, we're, we're going to see in Matthew, say goodbye to Genesis, go over Matthew, because it presents the gospel, and here's what I want you to see. The gospel was being presented, guys, way back in Genesis that you could parallel here in Luke 23. Listen to the story, okay? You can even just close, you can read along, you can close your eyes, but think about this. It says this, there were also two other criminals led with Jesus to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. He is the Christ, the chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who was hanged blasphemed him, said, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, You do not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation. And we indeed justly for what we receive do reward for our deeds. In other words, we did it. But this man has done nothing wrong. And Jesus looked at him and he said, or, then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, "Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Almost a parallel account of the butler and the baker where one was saved and the other was lost. I believe the gospel was written in every letter and word of the Old Testament, pointing us to Jesus. Oh, that we would receive that. Father, we thank you for your word tonight and the truth in your word. We thank you. We thank you that we get to hang out with Joseph. Such amazing lessons. Bless it. Bless our night, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.